you got to have a plan, a financial plan that really addresses what your needs are and your goals, which are your wants. Because when you retire, it's not about surviving. It's about enjoying life. And that plan is really a spending plan to be able to spend as much as you can each and every year without running out of money. I mean, that's the ultimate goal. So for us, we call that plan the retirement fitness plan, play on words, right? The retirement trainer, the retirement fitness plan, because we want to make sure that everyone's in the best financial shape possible when they retire. And it's based on a very, very simple concept of safety, income, and growth. And that is the premise for all of our planning. That's kind of where it starts after the first visit, understanding what people want and going through all the questions that we have. I mean, that's really the premise. just a regular gym routine. When was the last time you checked on your financial fitness? If you're feeling like you're falling behind, Ed Sedell is here to help with The Retirement Trainer, a podcast about helping you get into better financial shape. Every week, Ed talks about things you need to know to become more financially fit for your future. Learn about things like how much money will you need, financial mistakes other people often make, and how you can avoid them. Plus, details on The Retirement Fitness Plan, a plan Ed personally created to help you get to and through retirement by focusing on five key areas of your financial life. Learn more about the retirement fitness plan when you visit egsifinancial.com and click on processes. Then subscribe, follow, and listen to The Retirement Trainer on Apple Podcasts, your iHeart app, or whichever podcast platform you prefer. It's The Retirement Trainer with Ed Sedell, a podcast about finding ways to help you become financially fit for your future, no matter what shape you're in now. Market volatility is real, and we've seen it in full force this year since September. We've had days when we've had more than a 6% swing in the value of the market in just one day. So what do we do, and how do those approaching retirement or in retirement protect their life savings against these fluctuations? This is Leanne Sedell, and here to help us break it all down, the retirement trainer, Ed Sedell. Hey, Ed. Hey, good morning, Leanne. How are you? Good morning. Well, hopefully it'll be morning when somebody listens to this. (laughs) (laughs) I I guess, right? Yeah. It's afternoon. There you go. Time flies, right? (laughs) Okay. So things are changing fast these days and it seems like at light speed. So how do people protect their life savings? Yeah, you know, it is. It's, you know, it used to be, we used to measure it in years and in quarters and, you know, then month by month. But now things are, it's literally changing minute by minute. So first of all, you got to have a plan. That's probably the the number one thing. And it's important to realize that anytime you're in a market, there's always risk. That's just part of it. But the most important thing is to not panic, not have a knee-jerk reaction, and make decisions based on those emotions, which is, you know, fear, panic, and greed. So if we just take a step back right now mm-hmm. and really look at the big picture, because what we're experiencing right now as a country are the effects of COVID-19. And I say this all the time, you know, it's it's kind of like three phases. Unlike in 2008 when we had the housing bubble and, you know, 2000 when we had the tech bubble, you know, this was an institutional failure that was systemic. This was a biological event that created, that was phase one, that created phase two, which was the emotional part or the panic, which we saw in February, March of this year. And, you know, like we always talk about the markets, they don't like bad news. 
Okay. But what they like even less, and I know people are tired of hearing me yeah. say this all <laughs> the time, is uncertainty. And that's really what happened because that emotion, that panic, I mean, businesses were shutting down not because they wanted to, but because they had to. And nobody knew what was going to happen. Nobody knew how bad COVID-19 was going to be. And over 40 million people lost their jobs. Heartbreaking. Uh, absolutely. And our heart goes out to everybody, our thoughts and prayers too. But as states started to reopen, businesses started going back to work, people started going back to work, the market started to see light at the end of the tunnel, people did. And in April, May, and, and up until the last couple of weeks here in June, the market started to rebound. And we were entering really phase three, which is the the economics of, of everything that, that happened. And as we continue to experience that, there's a whole nother phase, which is the, the political unrest of, of the country here that's also having an effect on the markets and in the economy too, you know, so, and we're going to stay at that level from the economic impact in the markets. But, you know, it's, it's really important to, to understand as we go through this, that even Powell and his comments, who's the, the Fed chair just a couple of weeks ago. And again, this is just for everything that we're talking about is effective today because, you know, it's going to change. <laughs> change tomorrow. <laughs> It'll change by one o'clock this afternoon. I know. It's effective today, which is June 22nd, 2020. But Powell's comments, you know, saying that we're going to stay there, the interest rates are not going to go negative, but we're going to stay 0% interest rates until 2022. That had a huge negative impact on the markets. Mm -hmm. And we saw that. Right. When the markets were down a couple of weeks ago, you know, over eighteen hundred points are, you know, over six percent uh, right before the closing bell. And couple that with the, the Fed's bond buyback program that also has negative connotation. So these are all the things. And again, like I talked about before, the looming election and, and the continued political unrest here in the country. You know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of things going on. Yeah. So what do we do? What do we do? Because I can't imagine too many people don't feel the same way that I do every time you watch the news. If you do like we do here in the office and watch the market updates, that's completely adding a whole level of emotion. It's, it's depressing. <laughs> so. It is. You know, and, and again, I know everyone, I say the same thing over and over. The news, if it bleeds, it leads. They're going to look for the most depressing negative impact that they can find. And, and you know, obviously perception is reality. Well, I think they try to be shocking. Yeah, shocking. You know, yeah, you're probably right. It's not so much depressing, but they feel as though people listen when there is some level of shock value to something. Um, so uh, as far as breaking it down to what they do. Yeah, having a plan. And this is why having a plan is so very important because it takes the emotion out of the decision-making process. You know, the, the seven Ps, prior proper planning prevents pitifully poor performance, right? And that's really it. <laughs> say, <laughs> say that fast five times, say it fast once. So you got to have a plan, a financial plan that really addresses what your needs are and your goals, which are your wants. Because when you retire, it's not about surviving. It's about enjoying life. And that plan is really a spending plan to be able to spend as much as you can each and every year without running out of money. I mean, that's the ultimate goal. So for us, we call that plan the retirement fitness plan, play on words, right? The retirement trainer, the retirement mm -hmm. fitness plan, yep. because we want to make sure that everyone's in the best financial shape possible when they retire. And it's based on a very, very simple concept 
of safety, income, and growth. And that is the premise for all of our planning. That's kind of where it starts after the first visit and understanding what people want and going through all the questions that we have. I mean, that's really the premise. So It's a common sense approach. It really is. And, you know, so let, let's kind of break it down for everyone so so that it makes a little bit more sense. Um, and I'm going to draw it out here because it helps me. I'm a visual person. So you can't see this, but if you could, you'd see me writing down $500,000. So let's just say that, you know, um, someone that we're helping comes in, they have $500,000 liquid net worth of between savings and all of their retirement monies to to live on. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's their cash, their liquid net worth. And there's really only three places that you can put those funds. Okay. You have your money that's, you know, that you're going to use for safety. And I'll explain what that is here in a second. Okay. And then you have your money that you're going to use for income. And I'll explain that here in a second too. And then you have your money that you need that's for growth. All right. So when we talk about growth, Leanne, (laughs) over the last 10 years, with the exception of February, March of this year, 2020, right? Where would you put your money for growth? The stock market. Yeah, right. You know, the the stock market. So you would invest in, you know, typically stocks, mutual funds, exchange traded funds or ETFs. You know, you might even invest in, in real estate. And, you know, the list goes on and on and on. Okay. So when we talk about growth, there's, there's risk over there. Now, when we talk about income, right, think about this. What sources of income would you have in retirement? Well, the number one is social security. Yeah, easy so for you to say, right? <laughs> and pension. <laughs> right. Yeah, pension. Okay. How about, uh, you know, if you have real estate, then you have, whether it's commercial or, or residential, you have rental income. Or if you get dividends off your investments. And dividends, interest income, right? And and the list goes on and on and on. We're just going to hit the, the high points here. Now, when we talk about safety, this is really important for everyone to understand we're talking about emergency money. That's kind of our definition of safety. The money that you need for emergencies and, you know, the time frame and how much you have there is really based on what you spend. So it's it's six to 12 months cash reserve set aside in case we experience something like we just did. COVID-19. Like COVID-19, yep. right? Or something that's institutional and systemic like the housing bubble or the tech bubble, and God forbid you lose your job, you have that money there that's that's accessible and, and you need it, okay? And so that's the key. There's two requirements, and it really has very little to do with rate of return when we're talking about safety. It has everything to do with two very important things, all right, liquidity and accessibility, right? You want to be able to, without having to worry about market risk or anything else, that the money is there when you need it and you can go get it. Yep. All right. So that's really, and so for, for me, you know, I, cash is, is probably whether it's in your savings account, a lot of people like to, to put it in CDs and, and everything else. But again, you know, that's not liquid and accessible. You're going to have a penalty when you take it out. So those are the things that you need to be aware of. Okay. So that's it. So for safety, we need six to 12 months cash reserve set aside. So the next question is how much money do we need, you know, for growth? So we use a rule called the prudent investor rule or the rule of 100, all right? And this is really important. Now, remember, we're, we're speaking in generalities here, but generally speaking, if you're at or close to retirement, and let's just say that you're 65. So if you're 65 years old, you take your, your age of 65, you subtract it from 100, and that leaves 35. So what that's saying is 
once you're retired, okay, you really don't want to have much more than 35% of your liquid net worth in your growth bucket. And the reason is, is because of a volatility. And I use this example all the time, you know, Leanne, like with our boys, right? When they were, when they were born, we, we started investing for them. We were really, really aggressive investing in stocks. And as they got closer to college, once they hit high school, we started taking chips off the table. Okay. And the closer they got to, to graduating from high school, you know, the less and less risk we had. And the reason was, is we didn't want to be in a situation, you know, as the market was going up and up and up, then all of a sudden the year that we needed to cash some of that in to cover, you know, tuition, room, books, and board, that all of a sudden we're in a bear market, we hit a recession and we had to sell things at a loss. Now we would have enough to cover probably the first couple of years, maybe even a little bit more, but eventually we'd run out of money. It's the same concept when we talk about growth and retirement. Okay. So this is why you don't want to have all your eggs in one basket in growth. Now you have to have money over in growth to hedge against things like inflation, inflation right? Healthcare, long-term care, you know, for some folks, even legacy planning, estate planning, all those things over there. All right. Now, you know, when it comes to income and safety, all right, you know, those are the things that we're really going to focus on and use for lifestyle, everything that you're going to want to do, your bucket list, once you retire, whether it's travel, seeing your grandkids, playing golf, going out to eat, whatever that is, so that no matter what happens in the market, you have enough money between the money that you have for your emergency funds and your income that it's not going to affect your day-to-day -day life. You're going to be able to maintain the lifestyle that you want, no matter what the market does you know, for that five to, to 10 year period or however many years you have that set up for. And so as financial planners, you know, it's our job to use all the tools that we talked about, right, under growth and income and safety, and even those that we didn't talk about to make sure that there's enough money so that you can live the, the life that you want, all right, and travel and do everything that you want to do without having to worry about these market fluctuations and, and all the volatility. So that's really kind of the, the key. And I would say, and you tell me, correct me if I'm wrong, Leanne, I mean, and I'm being conservative here, but I'd say probably 90% of the folks that come in that we're helping with have 90, 95% of their money and sometimes even more all in the growth yeah. bucket, right? Yeah. And they're at or in retirement. Now, that's a good thing and a bad thing, right? I mean, over the up until February, you know, the 10 years previous, that that was a good thing. <laughs> but even you have that conversation with them as they get closer to retirement that they need to start being their risk is too high. Well, yeah, absolutely. And and people start to realize, you know, especially now, but a lot of our clients even before, look, they understand they're they're at or in retirement now, they're 10 years older, they're not willing to take the risk of losing money and possibly even having to go back to work if it doesn't recover quick enough. That's why that 10 years comes into play. Absolutely. You know, because the growth bucket works, right? But you have to have one asset that is depleting, right? In order for it to work. And that's called time. So those are the things that you really have to look at 
And taking those chips off the table, it's really key. And so what we say all the time, it's the purpose of the money that dictates where it should go. So if we have 35% of the money, you know, based on the, the prudent investor rule and the example that we're using here in the growth bucket, and we have six to 12 months cash reserve set aside for the safe money, the, the emergency funds, and the purpose of the rest of the money, okay, is for income, then you know, that's dictates where it should go. And so that's where you want those funds to be is in that income conservative bucket. Does that make sense? Totally. And again, this is just the philosophically, this is the concept that we use when we start building those custom plans for everyone as we're helping them out. And it starts off with the very first visit of sitting down, getting to know each other and going through all the questions, you know, in our five-step process, you know, for the income planning, the investments, the tax planning, which is really huge right now, because a lot of folks still don't even know that, you know, there's no required minimum distributions for this year. And obviously you have the healthcare, long-term care planning and, and the legacy planning, which the SECURE Act that was passed effective this year just disappeared because of all the craziness going on. So these are really important steps as far as building uh, the infrastructure behind the safety income and, and growth in that retirement fitness plan. Oh, and one thing that I can get people excited about as far as coming in and seeing you and getting a plan done is you get to see him do the drawing. So I, I don't want to discount that at all. <laughs> the, chicken, the chicken scratch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, okay. Well, if people want to learn more, if they want to come in and look at getting a plan built, the best way to reach you is at info at egsifinancial.com that you can send an email that way, or you can reach us by going to www.egsifinancial.com. We have a schedule an appointment a window in that email or in that uh, website, and then you can go there and put your information there. We will contact you, or you can call our office at 614-526-4118, and we can take care of scheduling some time for you to sit down and watch Ed draw boxes and give you all kinds of uh, visuals <laughs> and connective to, lines to, to and, go yeah. to go with uh, that retirement fitness plan that we have. Again, thanks very much. Yep. Oh, and don't forget, they can also go to our website and look at uh, upcoming events that we have and social distancing. And yep. we do have a, what would you call it? A, a safety stand out front with masks and, and right. whatever for your hand, hand sanitizer, sanitizer and everything else for, protecting for people. You on all yep. sides, that's Absolutely. for sure. So um, again, we look forward to hearing from you. Thanks very much, Ed, for the time today. Thank you. tested your fitness level, not your workout routine. I'm talking about your financial endurance, because if saving to a 401k is the extent of your effort, it is time for you to start shaping up. And Ed Sedell is here to help you do that with the retirement trainer. It's his podcast to help you examine your financial stamina and learn the questions you should be asking and areas to focus on to help you get to that place you've been working so hard for a happy, comfortable retirement. And it's not as hard as some might have made you believe. Ed's broken it down into five 
five simple steps. It's the retirement fitness plan, which he personally created to help clarify key areas of your financial life. Learn more about the retirement fitness plan at egsifinancial.com. Then subscribe, follow, and listen to the retirement trainer on Apple Podcasts, your iHeart app, or whichever podcast platform you prefer. Investment advisory services offered through EGSI Investment Management, DBA EGSI Financial Group, a registered investment advisor. Insurance and annuities offered through EGSI Financial Services, Inc., Ohio license number 1020619. Thank you.